Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is VSIN Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to VSIN Final Countdown. Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown with you live from Las Vegas at our VSIN studio at the South Point. Hour two coming at you, where we will get into some NBA conversation with NBA senior analyst Jonathan Von Tobel a little bit later. It is John the first Tobel. day. We're taking the Von John Tobel. Just, just John, John Tobel. Just John Tobel for this one. I like that. Just John Tobel. I don't, it doesn't sound no? right. Mm-mm. Von Bond does. Like, what if you didn't call him JVT? You just call him JT. It just feels wrong. Ooh, well, no. he might be like, he might like to be JT, though. <laughs> he might like to be JT. Two games coming I'd up I'd love to be JT. Oh, if I could switch places with anyone. You're so weird. It would. Are Celtics 76ers serious? later. Justin Timberlake, for sure. Oh, well, that okay. Well, then that's fair. Although, you would have to be the ramen noodle hair version. There's, there's uh, only two humans I would switch places with. Justin Timberlake and Ryan Reynolds. That's it. I knew Ryan Reynolds that's was going to be the other Those one. He's your it. favorite Canadian. That's it. Even though yeah. he's only half Canadian. Those two, that's it. Um, Those only two. <laughs> What Warriors Lakers coming up as well later on this evening, but uh, the the Cleveland Guardians, by the way, are down for nothing to the Yankees in the third inning as well. Yankees already forcing a pitching change in that one. Nestor Cortez still on the hill for New York. We'll keep you updated with that game as we go. But it is time to get back to our NFL talk with are they good? Are they good? There are ten. Three and three teams around the National Football League right now. And it's hard to tell because, I mean, they are not all created equal at this point. Are they good? And one team we already talked about in our one that I think is a great candidate for the dis- this discussion is the Baltimore Ravens because they're three and three. But had they not had the fourth quarter issues that they've had, they could very easily be six and zero at this point because they double digit leads in each one of those games. They've had a lead or tied going into the fourth quarter in each of those games. And... The question to you is, if you listen to these numbers, I want you to tell me if this is something that they can get out of. The point differential for the Ravens in the first three quarters, plus 59. In the fourth quarter, it's minus 42. Lamar Jackson specifically, his touchdown to interception ratio, the first three quarters of games this season, 12 to three, 12 uh, touchdowns to two interceptions with a 72 QBR. And in the fourth quarter, he's had one touchdown, four interceptions with a QBR of 24. Is this something you think can be fixed or the fourth quarter woes something that is just going to continue at this point? Yeah, I mean, listen, so there's merit to the thought that it's better to be up in games and then blow a lead than it is to always be playing from behind and do these kind of like rallies, right? Because that means you were doing something right and you've got to figure out what it is that you're doing wrong that you can fix. And then that seems to be far easier than like these teams that continue to get in these deficits and have to play from behind all the time, right? It completely changes your game plan. It completely gets you out of what you want to do in a game. So, I mean, there, there is that theory and I actually buy into that. If I had the, if I had the choice of one of the two, right, would I rather be, would I rather be the team that always has a lead and blows it or is getting in these giant deficits and having to come from behind and kind of like not quite getting there. I would much rather be the, the former, right? But I do think there is something to be said, though, for these teams. Like, we're kind of giving the pass to the Ravens. Like, if you look at power ratings and stuff, and look, I still, you know, go ahead and you'll look later in the show. I mean, I still have them. 
you know, in the top 10. And it's kind of hard to overlook the fact that they haven't been trailing all that much. But I think do we we have to wonder that there's there's something going on mm-hmm. here. Like there's Something's some sort of not computing. Yes, there's some sort of problem here for sure. And 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 listen, let's not look past this at all. And I know I'm not saying RIP your ticket, but I am saying there's I kind Lamar, of am. Lamar's play over the last three weeks has certainly not been what it was the first three weeks. The first loss against Miami, I think we all chopped up to okay, well, you know, the defense wasn't there. Mm-hmm. The defense is causing them problems. And I, I have reverted my thought process on this very much. So at some point you have to look yourself in the face and say, Lamar Jackson, what are we doing? Cause yeah. a lot of this is on you, buddy. Well, and it's one of those things where I think, so my concern with this team coming into the season, the reason I was lower on the Ravens than most people and they've kind of proven me wrong so far, but I guess at the same time also kind of proven me right was I was really, I really was worried about the lack of weapons there. I was worried about who is he going to throw to outside of, Outside of Mark Andrews. I mean, like Mark Andrews is elite. Arguably maybe the best tight end, even over Kelsey right now in all the in all the National Football League. That said, your number one receiver became Rashad Bateman. Your number two receiver became Devin Duvernay. Like, where what are you doing outside of being able to throw to a tight end? You know, and it's different when we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, Lamar Jackson and when we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like Patrick Mahomes has a skill set in throwing the football that can overcome maybe some of the some of the, you know, lack of talent that's that's around out there. And we've actually seen that with the Chiefs so far. But Lamar, I mean, listen, by no stretch of the imagination, no one's ever going to confuse Lamar for Patrick Mahomes as far as accuracy and throwing the ball and making decisions and things like that. Lamar brings a different dynamic with his mm-hmm. legs and all that. But, like, so. Yeah, fifth leading rusher in the National Football League, <laughs> despite not being a running back. <laughs> having not, but having having limited to no weapons is, is an, is a thing, right? I mean, it's like an actual real thing here for, for this Ravens team. And I'm wondering if those preseason concerns I had are actually kind of coming to fruition now, right? Like as the season progresses, where these teams are starting to starting to adjust a little bit and say like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, if he's only going to throw to tight ends and specifically Mark Andrews, well, let's, let's do what we can do to make sure that we at least limit his production. You're not going to shut him down. He's awesome. Like he is awesome, but you know, at least limit his production and then make him go to some of these other guys. And that's obviously not been enough in the second halves. The question is, are they good? I still say yes, but if you think they're going to fall off a cliff plus 320 to miss the playoffs this year, they are currently tied for the division lead. Here's the thing. The answer has to be yes because there's too many no's in the NFL right now. Like The answer has to be yes because there's too many no's. Another one that I think is questionable on the fence, and my answer to the question, are they good, is no the Green Bay Packers. I say no as well. And it's because there's a – it's because they're not good on either side of the ball. Like, at least we could look at – we can at least look at the Ravens and say – Look, the offense is good for three quarters of the game. You know, like, I mean, the offense is good. You know, like, Mm -hmm. they're able to move the ball. It's just like, you know, can they sustain that over four quarters? Can they figure out a way to do that? The Packers, on the other hand, have given you no, absolutely no confidence whatsoever that they're going to be able to figure that out and and figure out what to do. And mainly, that that is certainly, I think we can point to lack of playmakers. I certainly think we can look at lack of... Uh, weapons around for Aaron Rodgers. But the other thing is we keep bringing this up and it's, it's something we're going to have to beat over people's heads over and over again. The one thing we knew about the Packers coming in the season, oh, they're going to have a good defense. At least it'll be a good defense and that'll keep them in games. And then Aaron Rodgers will figure it out, right? Like it's like, ah, it'll keep them in games. And then Aaron Rodgers will do the Aaron Rodgers thing. and It'll keep them and he'll figure it out and they'll win some game. That has not been the case. They actually are legitimately bad on defense. Mm-hmm. It's not even like they're underperforming. They're actually legitimately bad in majority of categories out there. And so I'm with you. I think this is I think this is a bad team. I love 
my Vikings futures <laughs> yes, right now, despite the same. fact that the Vikings have been fairly mediocre as well. But like, I, I love, 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 love what we've got going in that division. They, I mean, they got outrushed by 119 yards against the Jets. They, I mentioned it earlier. They just can't stop the run to save mm-hmm. their lives at this point. And they're a team that on both lines of scrimmage, I feel like is just getting bullied. And Aaron Rodgers, who is somebody who, yes, I know is one of the best to do what he does at the quarterback position. Like, nobody's going to take that away from you, what you've done in the past. But what you're doing this year ain't it. And, I mean, you look at last game. is QBR 16.9, fumbled the ball twice. Uh, this team is not average to me anymore. Yeah. They're, they just kind of stink. And, and I don't know if they can crawl out of it. You mentioned earlier, so Randall Cobb had to end up being your de facto number one, which they were not planning on and that. And now coming. he's injured. Yeah, they were not planning on that coming in the season. I can promise you that. Christian Watson hadn't been able to stay on the field, which has been, a, he has not been able to get any sort of rapport. And I'm sorry, but Aaron Rodgers, make up your mind. Because just a couple of weeks ago, he's like, you know what? We need to be more explosive as an, as an offense. What mm. we're doing right now isn't sustainable. And then he gets on the mic Sunday and says, you know what? We really need to simplify. Maybe what was simple for you, Aaron, was throwing the ball to Devontae Adams, yeah. who could be explosive and simple and could catch everything well, for you, and you don't have him anymore. And before Javante, before Devontae Adams, there was Jordy Nelson. Yep. There was what it's so like. He always had an elite mm-hmm. receiver, and he doesn't have an elite receiver now, which is why we were all over the Vikings mm-hmm. preseason, because we're like, I don't know. I can't think that we can just assume this is going to work. I think to miss the playoffs is live, plus 125 if you're interested in the plus money. Uh, another 3-3 three and t- three team worth a look. The Tampa Bay, are they good? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are they good? So here's the here. So here comes the de facto unfortunate. Another great quarterback. It is the deal of because there's so many no's. The answer has to be yes, but they're mediocre good. Like they're they're mediocre good, and the only reason that I would say that they are good is because they're still likely to win that division because everybody else in that division is not good. And that means they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to get a chance to go at it. And so at at that point, I can't, I don't think we can say that they're bad. I don't think we necessarily have to jump up and down and say they're real good, but I guess they're going to be good enough anyway, most likely to make the playoffs, unfortunately. So when we talk about like name recognition in these teams that are three and three, you've Mm -hmm. got the Bucks, you've got the, the Patriots, the 49ers, the Rams, but then you also have the Seattle Seahawks here sitting at three and three how they've put together some unexpected wins. Are they good? I have to, I have to stick with the no, because it is a historically bad defense. Like, I mean, like it is <laughs> like, like giving up yardage and all of the, like at a just ridiculous rate. If they your can, alternate under ticket isn't said, looking great, no, but if they can figure out how to stop the bleeding just a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Then I think my answer might have to shift because again, unless, unless being better at defense Makes Pete Carroll go back to his well, old ways on the offense. And, and then, and so I don't know. Maybe it's a catch 22 here. And something I never in my wildest dreams thought I would say, but they have the good fortune to play in the NFC West yeah. at this point because Seriously. the division has been bad. Seriously. And I mean, it is a, it is a division where 49. In, unless the, unless the health of the 49ers gets a lot better, all this stuff becomes like yeah. toss-ups now at this point. Well, that's what I was thinking. 49ers dealing with significant injuries right now, and we saw how much it plagued them last game against the Falcons. A horrible Rams offensive line just lost their bad, yeah, their starting Joe left tackle. Yeah, like, like a bad offensive line just lost their starting left tackle. Like, Every game, they keep on showing the Rams offensive line from the Super Bowl and yeah. what it is now and how many different rotational pieces they've had. And no wonder they're struggling yeah. up front. It's bad. Um, so, yeah, uh, Rams, three and three. Are they good? No, not good. <laughs> Guardians on the board for the one. Runners on the corners, two outs in the top of the third. Not dead yet. 
Not, not dead, dead yet. yet. I wonder if you took that seven to one we talked about after the Giancarlo Stanton three run homer. Should've if done you it. did. Or the plus four and a half. I, I didn't do it. Actually, I said they were dead. Where are we yeah. feeling? <laughs> well, premature on my part. Don't go anymore. So much more great stuff on Beeson Final Countdown coming your way. Join the conversation at Matt Brown M2 and at Storm Bonantoni. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back to VSIN Final Countdown. Come on, guys, if you're not a VSIN Pro subscriber, get it together. We got the best betting talent in the game. If you haven't become a subscriber yet, it's really easy. You can sign up now for $99, vsin.com slash subscribe. You get VSIN Pro access all the way through the Super Bowl. Get everything we have to offer, including our 24 7 live shows, subscriber only betting guides to the college bowl season and the Super Bowl, and it's all for less than our normal monthly rate. Plus, you'll also get the VSIN subscriber only season prep guides for the NA. NHL, the NBA, and the World Cup. It's the best bet in the game. Again, 99 bucks for VSIN Pro. VSIN.com slash subscribe. Do you, know how, do, you know, do you know how expensive it is in Vietnam? It I don't is 2,419,560 Vietnamese dong. I still asked you for yen and you didn't get me that answer. So, well, but now you know it is for the 99, it's, it's 2,419,560 Vietnamese dong. That sounds so much more expensive it than does. it is. I it's know. a great deal. And so much great work goes into it. So excited to bring in the man, the myth, the legend, Jonathan Von Tobel, our VEASAN senior NBA betting analyst, did such a great job on this NBA betting guide. And JVT, I heard you on Follow the Money this morning saying that this time of year, you are you have to get up at like 3, 4 a.m. every day to get those market reports out. When do you sleep? Because with the NBA season starting tonight, the games are at night. Do you like yeah. take a nap as soon as you're done with us and then take another power nap after the games are over? How do you do it? Uh, kind of, you know, I've always said I'll sleep when I'm dead. So there's that too. I'll catch up for a while. Uh, no, nah, you know, it's cool. I get like four or five hours of sleep. It's all you really need. And when I say four or five hours, Matt, you somewhere scoffing. Cause he's like, Oh, that's, that's double what I get every single night. So, <laughs> so I have to, I have to do an apology here while we, while we have John on and everything. Uh, Hopkins is going to miss two to four weeks with a with a hamstring injury. So uh, I said so he was faking he wasn't it. Faking I said he was faking it, it last night. Um, but although he was talking about it was his quad, so he didn't even know what was hurting him. He just went in and they told him it's his hamstring or whatever. So he wasn't faking it. So it is what it is. Uh, John Sixers and the Celtics tonight. As we sit right now, this is kind of toggling between three, three and a half in favor of the Celtics, a total of 216 and a half money line plus 130. If you want to play the Sixers, I took a piece of the three and a half with the Sixers. I took the points. I am looking at two teams that I kind of have pretty even. And if you look with no Robert Williams, the Sixers adding Trez Harold to kind of, as you well know, the big problem last year was when Embiid was off the court, the Sixers were just getting trounced. And at least with Trez out there, you would think it's going to be a better situation. I don't know what I'm missing here. What am I missing? Why is taking the three and a half a bad bet tonight? Uh, I don't think it is. I think you're on the right track, Matt. Uh, you know, I, when you look at Philly and you mentioned the big piece here, it's Robert Williams. He's not going to play. Uh, that is their best defender. I know that somebody else on that team won Defensive Player of the Year 
Uh, but it is Robert Williams is the stir or the straw that stirs that drink for them defensively who's not going to be available for them. So when you have Joel Embiid out there, it's kind of a big mismatch because you don't really have anybody else to match up with him outside of Al Horford. Uh, the rotation behind him tonight figures to be Luke Cornett, Blake Griffin, and maybe Grant Williams if they want to go kind of small. I think that's going to be an issue for the Boston Celtics. Philly's also played Boston extremely well over the last couple of years. It's been a matchup that's worked out in their favor in the regular season. But I think the Williams injury is a big one here. And if we're talking about how these teams are rated, right, if you want to go back to last year, home court was worth specifically about 1.7 points. Uh, so if we're going in that range, this is still telling you that, you know, let's say it's like one and a half. This team's still about like two points better than the, the 76ers without their best defensive piece. I would disagree with that. So I'm with you. Like if you played the Philadelphia 76ers, I would agree with it. Uh, you know, in the offseason, when these schedules got announced, guys, William Hill actually opened this up six in favor of Boston. Mm. Uh, so we have taken quite the journey from where that number was, to where we're at now. But I think the market just reached a low point, Matt, like two and a half and brought it back up. I think that when you're looking at it here, 76ers are the side tonight. I know you like the 76ers tonight, but you also like them for the season. One of your futures plays to win it all come the end of the year. What stood out to you about this Philadelphia team long term? Yeah, and Storm, I want to stress too, like 16 to 1, I think, is the price you want to get with the Philadelphia 76ers. It's available at a couple of shops, 15 to 1, too, but that's kind of the price worth investing in before the season begins. But it's all about their additions. I think when you look at the addition of P.J. Tucker to add to that starting lineup, which gives them a very good center or excuse me, a defensive option that they can put at the center of their defense and match up with more of the elite offensive weapons that they're going to face. Uh, when you talk about the fact that De'Anthony Melton, a 10-point-per-game scorer, comes now and is part of this bench, they did need some scoring off of that bench. They needed guard play off of that bench last season. Now they get it in De'Anthony Melton. Other little pieces like Daniel House, Matt mentioned Montrez Harrell. Is he going to be a good defender? No, but is he going to help them offensively when Joel Embiid is not up there? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you get Joel Embiid and James Harden themselves. Guys, when they were on the floor together, they were incredible last year. An offensive rating of 124. They outscored their opponents by 15.8 points per 100 possessions. And that was with a James Harden that everybody said was fat, out of shape, didn't care. Now he comes in. He's lost weight. He looks a little bit better. He's healthier. I don't think we can stress enough that that hamstring injury really wore on him, that soft tissue injury that lingered for about a season and a half. I like this team a lot. They, at the very least, Stormy, have the makeup of a dominant regular season team that I do have some, I think has some equity from a championship perspective. But I think they've got a very real shot at winning that first overall seed in the Eastern Conference. John, we have one other tip tonight, the Lakers and the Warriors. Seven points right now in favor of the Warriors. 224 and a half is your total. If you think the Lakers win this thing outright, plus 240. I don't want you to take me into the locker rooms of both of these teams because I know you don't really know what's going on, but we've got the Russell Westbrook thing. We've got the Draymond Green thing. Does that at all play into your thoughts in these games at all? Are you trying to handicap what may or may not be going on behind the scenes in these things? Nah, I don't think so, Matt. Like I think, well, and with with the Westbrook thing is what we'll call it. That's more tangible, right? Because mm -hmm. that's actually like lineups, that's configurations on the floor. You know, we could talk about him not huddling with them before a game, but it's more about what Darvin Ham is going to do here with Russell Westbrook in terms of his role, which is more intriguing and something more that we can kind of look at with some substance. When it comes to the Warriors, you have no idea how that's going to work. And we've seen teams fall apart because of incidents like that. We have seen teams have have no impact with incidents like that. So I'm not going to try to guess about what's happening with the Warriors. But I'll say this. 
this number has moved for a couple of reasons. One, the Warriors are a public team. The defending champs opening night standalone spot. That's going to happen. Uh, the Lakers are injured, though. Thomas Bryant, figured to be their starting center, he's not going to play tonight. Troy Brown Jr., one of their athletic forwards, who figured to be a big part of their bench rotation, not going to play tonight. Dennis Schroeder's not going to play tonight either. So I think all those things wrapped together have us going from five and a half to seven. And I would agree with the market move here. I think you're going to hear a lot, right, the narrative handicap. Matt, I know you love spots. Uh, mm-hmm. People will say that the spot for the defending champ is distracting on ring night, despite the fact that the defending champ is eight and two straight up, six and four against the spread the last 10 years on opening night. So I think you want to stay away from something like that. I'm going to wait in-game. I'm hoping that maybe the Lakers get off to a little bit of a solid start. And basketball betting in-game is super volatile. Should be able to get a cheap price from the Warriors, and I'll come in and lay it in-game. As I've missed out on the number here, I was a little slow on it. I thought, oh, five and a half, that'll sit there. And it did not, and we're up to seven now. JVT, this Lakers team, just in general, you've got LeBron James, who's going after a a scoring title, trying to get his team back in the playoffs after what was just, I mean, let's call a spade a spade. It was an abysmal end to their season. They don't make the playoffs. And it was a year that was just lamented by injuries and lack of chemistry issues. Realistically, like you talk about the injuries coming into tonight, but for their star players, for LeBron, for AD, for whomever, do you think that they can stay healthy enough to make another playoff push and and get back to where they want to be? Uh, I mean, I don't know if they'll get to where they want to be stormy, but like they could be a playoff team if they do everything right. If LeBron James and Anthony Davis are going to play more than 60 games, uh, if Russell Westbrook is going to come off of the bench for a vast majority of his contests and not play in that starting lineup with Russell Westbrook, excuse me, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis, uh, I think sure, like they could fight their way from a playing team to a top eight seed, you know, and when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis in a playoff series, who knows what's going to happen. So I think they, they like their ceiling is like seven seed. Maybe if everything goes really right and there's some injuries, a six seed, they don't have to worry about a play in and they get to the postseason. But I think when you compare their roster outside of some additions they could make with the Clippers, with the Warriors, with the Nuggets, I, like, I don't know if they are getting past those teams and even others like the New Orleans Pelicans or the Minnesota Timberwolves in a playoff series. And that's what kind of bothers me. So like for me, like the best scenario for them, could they be a playoff team? Absolutely. But like, am I going to realistically think that even the best scenario for them ends with them winning another title? I would say not with the, with the way the roster is currently constructed. John, a little over a minute here, shifting to the NFL. And of course we can get our full breakdowns on Friday with Viper and the Warthog here on uh, one to three. uh, I need a name. I need a name, by the way. We're going to get Stormy a name as well. We're going to think of it over the next couple of days. But uh, the one that stuck out to me, you are on Texans taking that full touchdown as they uh, head on the road here out to Las Vegas. Yeah, you know, the other day, Nate Hobbs, uh, the second best defensive player for the the Raiders guys, uh, by PFF standards at least, uh, he hits IR. Uh, This Raiders team defensively has been sliding down the standings of EPA numbers and other metrics defensively. I just don't know if I trust them to cover a full seven like this, Matt. And I think reading the market, maybe there's a chance that this comes off of that seven. But I think I'll go ahead and back the Texans here at this spot. Nate Hobbs is a really big loss for this team. And I think a lot of people think corner and it's not that big of a deal. He's one of their best graded rush defenders, too, from the edge. He is one of their best cover corners, too. It's a really big loss for the Raiders. And I don't think the market has really counted for that, especially when you talk about a full seven for a defensive team that has already struggled and now without arguably their best player, especially in that secondary. Thanks for the time, buddy. You're awesome. Good to talk to you. Thank you. It's Jonathan Von Tobel. Make sure you go to vcin.com slash JVT to get all of his written work as well. Did an awesome job on this NBA guide. I'm so curious how this NBA season is going to play out simply because it was like the most dramatic offseason ever. And now they actually have games to play. So is that drama going to 
go back onto the court or are they going to be able to put it aside? And, you know, one thing we didn't even mention in that game tonight, I mean, it is it is the Celtics with a new head coach, right? I mean, yeah, no Ime Odoka I mean, all year. So, I mean, the, the Celtics do have a new head coach. JVT, he, he said it earlier today. He said that he thinks Robert Williams is more significant than the coaching change. So There it is. There it is. I'm on the right side. This is VSIN's Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Watch football with a little more on the line by playing free in the Guinness Time Challenge. Just visit DraftKings.com slash Guinness. You set your lineup and watch the action unfold as you play for your share of 115000 bucks all season long. Guinness made of more. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Rolling along here. VEASAN Final Countdown. Stormy Bonantoni and Matt Brown My with girl. you. If you do not like our opinions or if you do, tell us. Get Eligibility on social media. just rolled right off I know. Tongue. It's basically it's a, a gift a good at day this today. Point. It's a good day today. At Matt Brown M2 on Twitter, at Storm Bonantoni. Join the conversation with us. We love hearing from you. We'll read some of your tweets on the air if they uh, are fancy enough, yeah, I listen, suppose. Yeah, listen, don't we curse. Like... If you want to make fun <laughs> yeah. of us, I don't care. Just don't curse. Like, I'm I'm all for criticisms and, like, cur- and, and, like in making fun of us. We just don't curse because like, we can't yeah, read them. Then we just can't point. read them. Yeah, like, I we, guess I could say, We want to read them. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's like, you know, crit- critique us, tell me I'm ugly. I don't care. Any of the stuff like that. Is <laughs> uh, like- earlier in the show, we got into the start of Teaser Tuesday, and we didn't really get a chance to finish going down the line of games that are potentially teasable this mm-hmm. week. So what are some more uh, that you think are worth a look here, Matt? Oh, speaking of Twitter, though, Michelle, shout out. She got my reference of plethora earlier, and so I, int- I actually tweeted us a little picture of that. So good, good on Michelle. See, and there, I like, feel bad. I didn't get it at all, Michelle. He had to tell me in the commercial break. It's, it's, it's from Three Amigos, and there's the guy, and he says, like, oh, you have so many pinatas. Say, would you? And he says, like, would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? And like, he goes, yes, I would say you have a plethora. And he's like, what does plethora mean? And, like, and so that's how that like, it became <laughs> okay, like, yeah, I'll yeah. YouTube so it. that's, I'll yes, YouTube yeah, it. You'll, have to, you'll have to do that. We'll do that on the break. So one of the ones we kind of hit on a little bit earlier, but I do want to to talk about this one. Like this, so this, this Lions Cowboys is sitting seven. And I don't think a lot of people are running to the book to lay the full touchdown with the Cowboys. So I think a lot of people are going to be looking from a teaser standpoint here. And like the only thing that gives me pause in this one is this Lions team should be the healthiest version we've seen since week one. And I do think that there's at least something that has me kind of pumping the brakes here where we're getting what should be a better version of the Lions than what we've seen in the last couple of weeks. And there's still a big question mark around the Cowboys with Dak taking back over at quarterback. I mean, we assume they would not put him back in there too early. We Mm -hmm. assume that he is as healthy as he's going to be and that, you know, that's just the way they're going to play this. But who knows? Maybe he saw what Cooper Rush looked like this past week and was like, hey, I'm playing this week. I don't care. You know, and they're like, I eh, would really rather you sit a week. He's like, I'm playing this week. I don't care. You know, so, so my at least thought process on what like the conversation around his injury has been is that there was potential that he could have gone last week, right? That he was feeling more ready, but he just didn't get a full week of practice in. And that was important to them. That was important for Mike McCarthy for him to get the full week of practice. That's the expectation for him this week. But like you're saying in general, the the reps have not been there for the last five weeks. And that's something that's mm-hmm. important. And I, I don't think that that's something that can be understated. Um, and the grip on the football, which has been his primary issue how is that? And is that a situation where you're going to risk turning the ball over, where your throw isn't the same? Those are all very realistic things. It, that said, very, very realistic. That said, 
I do still think they win this game. Mm. And so I like this as a teasable game. I, I think that that will probably be one that I put in the account. The other that's interesting is that the Titans are two and a half point home favorites over the Colts. So you would be able to take the Colts up to eight and a half in a game with a 43 and a half total. Do you want to buy in on the Colts? Do you think that they actually figured something out, which is, hey, we're just going to throw the ball a million times every game and see what happens. Like, I don't know if that's a sound strategy. I think it's probably not with Matt Ryan, but it worked. And it and and it's interesting how that's the strategy. Like, they don't have Jonathan Taylor for two yeah. games. This is what we're going to yeah. have to do. And it's worked, right? Yeah. It's just kind of like, hey, we're going to drop back a million times and we're going to make you defend us 60 times a game. And then hopefully we get the better of everything. And so, look, the one thing about this Titans team, if you kind of dig into the box scores with these Titans, even the, even the wins or whatever, like, the Titans are... The, the Titans are fairly fraudulent at this point. Like, if you look, that said, they are coming off of a bye, so maybe they figured something out, like, when it's all said and done. But if you really dig into the box scores, this Titans, like, there's there's a decent amount of fraud in those three wins that, that they've got. One so, of them being against Indy? I think if I had to play this, which I don't, because here's the great thing, Stormy. The books have to post every game, and we do not have to bet every game. So that is uh, that was one of some of the best, some of the best <laughs> advice I ever got, like from an, from a guy that used to be the uh, race and sports director over at MGM. He was like, you know what, we got a book. He's like, everyone always talks about how you guys we have the advantage over you guys. And I was like, here's the thing, though, I've got a book every single game. You don't have to bet yeah. every single game. And I'm like, you know what, fair, fair, fair point. Um, but it's look, I'd I'd have to play the Colts here, and I can't believe I'm even saying that. But it's just like if I'm going to get eight and a half points. In a low total game in a Tennessee Titans team that I think is at least kind of fraudulent up to this point, I think that's the way that I would go, but probably not going to make the account for me this week. What do you think about the Dolphins just to win hosting the Steelers? Ooh. Dolphins offense, you would imagine, is going to look different having Tua Tungavailoa back, but another guy that hasn't played in a little while coming from the, the long concussion protocol that he was in. Steelers in a situation where they're going to play Kenny Pickett, it looks like, in this spot, but all the Dolphins have to do is win. So herein lies, herein lies like the game where you have to just have faith that Tua is going to be able to play. Because so here's the deal: if if we knew for sure that Tua was healthy, and if they were coming into this game with like a hundred percent healthy Tua, and we knew he was going to play the whole game, and the Steelers were not coming off of this upset win, this line would be nine or ten, right? Like this mm -hmm. would be this would be pushing double digits. But since we don't know any of these things, we're sitting on that touchdown right now, and it almost feels like it's kind of a buy low spot on the Dolphins because they are definitely a superior team to the Steelers if Tua is out there with both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell. It's, it's just, it, that's just the truth, right? But they are going to be so ridiculously cautious with Tua. I'm talking like any sort of hit that looks a little janky. They are going to, the, the league is going to sit him out. Like it's going to, so... I, I know that this doesn't matter from a betting perspective, yeah. but after what we saw in that game, which was like really scary, mm. obviously to watch him go through what he was going through. Like, I feel like as I'm watching Dolphins games, I'm going to be feeling that way. Like I'm going to be concerned every time we take the hit. The scary, is, one of yeah. the scariest things I've ever seen on a, on a football field. Like a dude not having control. I, I, that was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. So it sucks that we have to handicap this, but we kind of do right. Because like there is a, I think a coin flip chance in this game as he's just coming back, like they are going to be super, super cautious with him as he's first coming back. And so if he takes some sort of weird hit where his head even looks like it pounds the turf, you know, 
he's going to be on the sideline. And then at that point, now it's a completely different handicap of either Teddy Bridgewater or, again, we're going to Skylar Thompson or whatever. And, and like, so it's just – it, for me, it's it's a pass, even though I feel like this is a pretty decent buy-low spot on the Dolphins. This might be like a contest play for me. Okay. You know, because it's, again, I think if we, all things, if we knew everything was going to play out normally, that this would be 9, 10, something like that. But, um, so probably more of a contest play than a, than a teaser play for me. And it kind of, it kind of breaks my heart because I feel like this is a, or I feel like we're getting a discount here on on the Dolphins. In this I game. agree. There are a couple of games here um, that are at three. So mm-hmm. you have the Giants getting three at the Jaguars and, and the Chiefs and 49ers going head to head. 49ers getting three at home. Any interest in either one of those? I know that it's on the three, but. Yeah, the problem with the Niners, right? It's just like. We know they're going to be. Completely, I wouldn't touch that game at all. They're going to be completely Period. decimated in this game, right? And even even they even if you played a seven pointer and were able to take them up to ten, are you feeling super confident in this 49ers squad? With again, they were down half their starting defense last week, right? And like, and we know for sure at least three of those guys are going to be out. Two of them are probably on the wrong side of playing, so we might be down another five starters for the 49ers this week on the defensive side of the ball against this Chiefs offense that. I get it, man. Like you're this, the Chiefs at three. I I know it seems like uh, something's fishy about this. Something's fishy about this. Like I think I'm probably going to be playing the Chiefs at three in this game. See, yeah, it's either you hammer the Chiefs at three or you don't bet it at yeah. all. I feel like that's the only yeah. way to approach this game. I agree. I okay. I'm curious your opinion on the 49ers as far as their season goes, because this mm-hmm. feels like something that's happened repeatedly. It's like every other year, they just get decimated with injuries and their season goes from looking like, Hey, they're going to win the mm-hmm. Super Bowl this year to be in nothing. So how do you feel that the impact of their injuries right now will play out in the games to come? Well, the, the, the problem is, is that the injuries are on the wrong side of the ball for them because the reason we loved this team was how awesome this defense yep. was. And the injury, if these injuries were on the offensive side and we were like, uh, Brandon Ayuk is out, but they still have Debo and Kittle. Or if it was whatever, like I mean, that would be one thing. But it's, since it's on the defensive side where that's what we loved about this team so much was the defense, it's tough for me to buy in. You know, it's real, real tough for me to buy in right now. And I thought that three was short. Mm-hmm. It was a number for me that I get it. Like you're you're kind of dangling it out there because it's it's it is Chiefs on the road and it is, you know, it is Shanahan still. And, you know, they've been able to scheme up things pretty well. But I just don't – it's very hard for me. I mean, look, you're a Niners fan. You're just being realistic at this point. Like, if you're down half your starters on the defense going hard up against one of, the most, one of the most efficient <laughs> offenses in the league, yeah. it's just – it's hard to win games. Hard to win football games. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, by the way, if you're into this kind of thing, which I am, reported that the 49ers and Rams have been implicated in potential mm-hmm. trade talks about Christian McCaffrey, which – would be pretty pretty cool it would be it'd be interesting it'd be more interesting for the Niners than I think for the Bills because I don't know yeah the Bills another team I don't even know like I don't yeah the Bills are another one that's been that's been kind of poking around like I don't know what he really I mean obviously he adds to the offense but it's kind of like it really just tells us the Panthers are dead as a doornail yeah yeah Dunzo power rankings when we come back VSIN's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, basketball, or baseball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Baseball, baseball, baseball. That's actually very fun. Yes, that's good. If only you could bet on basketball. But hey, join us every week for the new Bet Rivers promotions. You got Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, the Friday night college football bet and get, Sunday football parlay insurance, and a whole lot more at betrivers.com. Or you can download the Bet Rivers app today. It's a whole new game. I do wish basketball was a real sport. I love that movie. It is a pretty good movie. It is. It really is. It's a pretty good movie. Um, We got Major League Baseball playoffs in full swing. Pun intended, baby. The Yankees and Guardians going head-to-head right now. Yanks up 4-1 in the bottom of the fifth at this point. Winner gets the Astros tomorrow. Matt Brown. We have a late first pitch. We have the Phillies. We have the Padres. Zach Wheeler. You Darvish. Right now, if you want to bet the Padres at home as favorites, minus 120. If you want the Phillies on the road as underdogs, even money on them there. This total is sitting now six and a half at DraftKings. It's seven out behind us, six and a half over at DraftKings. On these props, like we talked about, hey, look, you want to play some of these things. The strikeout prop for you, Darvish, is sitting at five and a half. Now, this game one of a series, like this is not a, this is not a at first sight, like they're going to be pulling pitchers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Again, this is a long series. They can't afford to do that or whatever. So you're going to see a little bit higher numbers here than what we saw tonight in this one, because as we mentioned, anything went wrong, guys are going to get out of there. Hence, Savali only lasting 26 pitches. So, you Darvish, five and a half strikeouts if you want the over minus 105. Zach Wheeler sitting at four and a half strikeouts if you want the over in that one, minus 140 on him in that one. We talked about the home run prop and, you know, if you want to play some of these some of these popular bats tonight, Bryce Harper plus 350 to hit a home run. So if you want to get in on him to go deep, of course, if you want to bet some of the Padres with hot bats, Juan Soto, 550 to go yard. Schwarber, who's leading off for the for the Phillies, one of the you know big monster power hitters of the season, plus 265 for him. Machado is plus 550 as well. Castellanos, 6-1. to one. And uh, Reese Hoskins sitting at 360 plus 360. I'm hoping the pod squad can stay hot. Obviously, have the big wild card win against the Mets. Then you knock off the Dodgers, two of the best teams uh, in baseball this year. So see if they can keep it going against a Phillies team coming up. Game one tonight. We also have two games in the NBA this evening. The Boston Celtics, a three-point home favorite against the 76ers. And everybody apparently liking those points with Philly tonight as well. And Lakers, Warriors, Golden State, a seven-point home favorite against the Lake Show in this one. And JVT, when we had Jonathan Von Tobel, our NBA senior basketball analyst, on here a little bit earlier, he he gave us some some really interesting insight, I think, that would work pretty well as our, our pro tip for this hour. Yeah, so John was talking about, hey, look, this was a game, this Lakers-Warriors game. So with it being a seven-point spread tonight, he was like, ah, it's a little too a little too big for me, but the thing about NBA scoring is it's pretty volatile, right? And so you can wait on an in-game number that you're looking for to feel comfortable to play by looking for a little bit of a stretch of, you know, the Lakers could come out real quick and get up to a, you know, an eight, nothing lead. That's not crazy in basketball, right? Like, like to get a little eight point stretch or anything like that. And now you get the Warriors at five and a half as opposed to seven or whatever it might be. And that's something he feels like would be a little bit more advantageous or maybe even something better a little bit later in the game. So just if a number doesn't feel right pregame, you are rolling dice a little bit that the, that you're going to get one of those spurts and one of those stretches. 
Now, it could just be one-way action. You don't get to bet that game that night. It mm-hmm. just happens. But there's a lot of NBA games, so you don't have to worry about it. But Yeah, like it, you said earlier, you don't have to bet yes, everything. It is every okay. Single, every single game. But, you know, it, a lot of the times, though, there will be these runs, you know, in, in the NBA. And even bad teams go on runs. And you might be able to find yourself, specifically at the beginning of a game, where a team just starts off kind mm-hmm. of – kind of poor. And if that's the case, you might be able to find a much better number than what you're getting pregame and all that. And so NBA, it's a super important strategy for me, right? Like Mm -hmm. I bet some, I, I actually will bet, I'll bet shorter spreads pregame. And a lot of times with bigger spreads, I'll just roll the dice and, and play and look for an in-game number. Like I do that a lot of times with, with the NBA. So that being said, I'm three and a half tonight (laughs) on the 76ers. Uh, Pretty simple handicap for me. Their best defender down low is not going to be in for the Celtics tonight. And, you know, Joel Embiid MVP candidate this year, MVP favorite in a lot of people's eyes. And, you know, I think that he's going to have a huge, huge night down low. And so, uh, you know, all things point 76ers for me, and I was getting three and a half points, so I went ahead and yeah, took I, it. Yeah, I do think the Robert Williams loss is going to be significant. Mm-hmm. And as you referenced earlier, also no Ime Udoka uh, coaching there on the bench. So should be a fun one tonight as we tip off the NBA season. But we will close out the show today with our power rankings, our updates in the NFL where we see the top 10 teams. And something I know we both very firmly agree on is you have the upper echelon team. It's very reminiscent of what mm-hmm. we see in college football, right, with those top three teams and then it's just kind of like after that what do you have Um, but that's how things are right now with the Bills Eagles and Chiefs kind of your upper echelon top three teams and then after that you can kind of mix and match because there's so much parity at this point of teams of whether or not they're good through six weeks of the season this was by far and again I so I have a lot more similarities than I thought I've been doing my own power ratings for you know whatever a decade right and this was this week was one of the tougher weeks that I can remember in a very long time because it was a clear, it's a very clear top three. Now, what order you want to put them in is is up to you, though. I think, you know, it's a pretty clear three on the Chiefs. And if you want to flip-flop Eagles and Bills, it doesn't really matter, which is what we did. After that, it becomes a very, very hard exercise on trying to figure out if these two teams met today, knowing what I know today, what would I what would I feel of these teams, you know? And, like, that was the hard exercise for me. And the hardest was the number four in which I put the Vikings because, listen, the Vikings have been – they have been one of those teams at times that have really been – have long stretches of mediocrity, right? They've been able to figure out how to win games. And that there's something to be said for figuring out how to win games. But there is – a lot of lulls in games for the Vikings. They'll have two or three series in a row of three and outs. And you're kind of like, what's going on with this offense? Like they have too much talent for this to happen. And, you know, one of the things I did dig in and look, and I think that is at least a little bit promising long-term here for the Vikings is everybody wants to play these like two deep shells, zone defenses and things like that. And Kirk Cousins in this offense is actually second in the league in EPA per play against zone defenses. Now, for whatever reason, they've had a lot of trouble against man. And so that's why some of these offensive statistics don't really add up to to that. Because you would think, well, if they're doing that against zone and that's what everyone's playing, then what's going on? Well, for whatever reason, they're having a lot of trouble against man, which you would think would be crazy when you have Justin Jefferson on the on the team. But um, I am I think the four was hard for me to get to for them, but that's where it landed. You did as well, and same with the Vic- same with the Bengals at five. Yeah, and I just think they're they're five and one. You can't take that away from them at this point. The division looks like it should be theirs if they're able to continue doing what they're doing, and they just haven't given me enough reason essentially to move mm. them down 
basically yeah. was where I sat with that. I do have the Bengals at five, and then I have the Cowboys significantly higher than you do at six to your nine. Um, that defense is really what's what's carrying them, and the fact that they still played such a close game, even despite the loss against the Eagles. It was 17-20 there early in the fourth quarter, and just a nine-point loss uh, despite their quarterback, Cooper Rush, throwing three interceptions. And now they get Dak Prescott back. I think if the Cowboys continue to play the style of offense that we have seen during the time that Cooper Rush has been the quarterback mm-hmm. and Kellen Moore continues to make sure that you're utilizing uh, Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard the way that they should be used and um, and makes it easier on him that the Cowboys should continue to have success, yeah. I think. I think Cincinnati at five makes a lot of sense. I know a lot of people are probably going to like scream at us about that. But I mean, if if you look, the defense has been good. There's, there's no doubt. There's just no doubt. I just that. think they're pulling it together and they're on an yeah. upward slope where yeah. other teams are on the downward. The defense trajectory. has been good. And if we believe that the offense is getting better then they deserve to be five right now, because again, who, who in the hell else are you going to put there? I mean, who else do you have confidence in? Right now, 49ers went, with their injuries, right. I couldn't put That's them. That's why high. I had to plummet yeah. them. I mean, like it's just it's it's if I'm saying right now this current version of the 49ers on a neutral field, would I would I bet any of those teams above them on a neutral field? I would because of the way that that injury situation lines up for the 49ers. Now, if they're healthier mm-hmm. in three or four weeks, they'll rocket back up the the power ratings for me. The other big significant change here: you have the Chargers at six, and they're not in my top ten at all. I have the Giants down there at ten that snuck in this week, whereas you don't have the Giants in your rankings either. Yeah, it's just, look, again, the really, the real, real tough was like the 6 to 10 for me, right? And where these go, I, Giants were 11 or 12 for me or something like that this week. Um, it was a tough one to decide how far to pull the Bucks down, how far to move the Cowboys up and et cetera and stuff like that. I mean, so to run me down, to run mine down, Eagles, Bills, Chiefs, Vikings, Bengals, Chargers at 6, Ravens at 7, Niners at eight, Cowboys at nine, and the Bucks at 10. And if you told me you wanted to take all of those teams, six through 10, and put them into a basket and pull them out and randomly assign them spots, I think I'd be okay with whichever way it landed. I really thought you were going to give me grief for having the Giants in and the Chargers out. I, I really thought you were going to. I don't to. at all. I don't at all. Listen, the Giants are proving it on the field. And, and here's the thing. You can be proven wrong this yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, we always talk about head-to-heads. And so mm-hmm. a lot of like my thought process in creating this list this week was, okay, would I think that this team would beat this team? So let's say I even did the Giants and the Chargers. and mm. They're playing each other. Well, maybe on paper you'd think, no, the Giants wouldn't beat the Chargers. But I didn't think the Giants would be the Titans, Pack- Packers, and Ravens mm. either. So any given Sunday, they say it for a reason. And we're going to find out about this Giants team on the road we at the will. Jags. Like, this Absolutely. is it. This is it. That's a wrap for today's edition of v Final Countdown. Join us tomorrow, same time, same place.